here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. How are you, mate? We are uh, well. We're uh, doing. We're, we're more than halfway through this G1. Uh, again, uh, my my strategy in theory has has paid off. I've uh, shied away a little bit from the uh, a little bit, not all of them. I've actually watched some undercard stuff, but I've I've, I've shied away and uh, I've paced myself. And it seems to be a winning strategy as uh, the G1 continues. We've seen some great stuff. Since we've last talked and last communicated, um, and we're going to jump legitimately right into it because uh, Joel and I are fresh off of what was this night eleven, Joel? What did we, that we just saw? Um, That's correct. Yep. So uh, we are, we are literally seconds away from that show ending. So you're getting the hottest of hot takes when it comes to New Japan G1 talk. So uh, you're welcome. <laughs> And also like to give a big thank you to our 1,000 followers. We are 10% of the way towards <laughs> hitting our goal for the uh, the, the pro wrestling tees, yeah. uh, us not having to pay. How, how many dollars is it? How much have we got? 70, 75 bucks. It's 75 bucks. 75 Yeah. Bucks. So it's either 75 or 9,000 more followers. Um, hmm, I'm going with the 75 as the likely safe bet. Um, if if I'm you, but um, you know, I you know, if, even if it's through I, again, I think pro wrestling tees is the way to go. Only in the sense of um, the convenience factor, and people already are, are already there, and you know, why not? Um, but you know, even if we don't do pro wrestling tees, I'm sure we can get them out. But look, we already have one design done. Um, we're just going to work on a second one, or maybe we stagger them out. Maybe we release something in the next week. Who knows? We like to keep you guessing. But um, T-shirts are on the way, so uh, hang in there, kids. They're coming. I said online that I would give a shout-out to the 1,000th follower. Cool. So, Melissa Drake, thanks very much for the follow. You, you tipped us over into the four digits, which officially means we've made it to the big time. And I should give a dishonorable mention. I said I would to uh at stew on who tried to become the thousandth listener by unfollowing in an attempt to wait for someone to make it 999 and then uh pile on at the end to be 1000 mm. and thank you for owning up though <laughs> well yeah i mean at least they were honest i mean you wouldn't be able to tell that from the jump right you would have to they would have to tell you that right yes okay. and he was honest so give him a credit there for being honest. i like that um, I'm not doing any Twitter questions this week because I can't be bothered. It's a school night. We've, we're literally coming straight off the back of this G1 show and it takes me a very long time to collate all the questions. 
and I've got to be up early for school tomorrow. So uh, I'm a teacher. I'm not a student, by the way. Just clearing that up. Uh, so we're running. I say solo, not solo. We're running duo today. Doesn't really make sense, does it? Eh, you know what? I just stop talking. But no, don't keep talking. It, no, we're, we're going to get right into it because again, there's we got so many shows, and you know, even from the last show, you you we know that you know steam runs out you know at hour three <laughs> you're just kind of like yeah that match is great bye okay that match is good two stars you know so uh we want to make sure we give the full due to uh some great pro wrestling that we have watched so far and maybe not so great um and we'll discuss and we'll uh we'll give you our feedback and then uh you can come up with uh your own uh hopefully your own feelings and ideas and uh, communicate them to us and we'll have a little conversation and oh boy the joy that we'll have talking about pro wrestling okay i'm going to pick your brains on a few news items before we get into the g1 okay. first of all according to uh, big daddy dave Meltzer, shinsuke nakamura's contract is due to expire i believe it's in february so a lot of people are speculating on a possible return to New Japan Pro Wrestling for Mr. Nakamura. What do you say to that? Do you think he will re-sign with WWE or do you see him returning to New Japan? I don't see him returning to New Japan. I know everybody would be excited for that. Imagine a, uh, uh, you know, a kind of like a Lex Luger Mall of America moment, right? Uh, he doesn't even wrestle here um, for Nakamura. But um, no, I mean, I kind of feel like he's... Like his main goal of going over there, he's in the midst of, right? He's in the middle of. And um, I don't see him walking out on that. And, you know, maybe later on in his career, a return, possibly. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Again, if he went over there to do what he wanted to do, he's in the middle of doing it. So um, while, again, we would all love that for a little, uh, little, little stick it to the, to the evil empire um, and, a, and a return to New Japan. I just kind of don't see that happening. Also, let's not look at it with rose-tinted goggles because Shinsuke Nakamura is not the kind of guy who's going to give you 100% in every single match. Uh, From what I understand, he is the type of wrestler who, in New Japan, you're going to get two, maybe three excellent matches out of him in a year. And the rest of the time, he does tend to coast, particularly in G1s. Would would that be fair to say, Damon? I don't know. I mean, that's that's a a little bit of a stretch. To me, um, I, I think, I mean, in a, in, a, in a tag match, in a multi-man tag match in the middle of nowhere, Japan, yeah, maybe, right? But I, I you know... If, no, I'm talking G1 statement. Yeah. We're in the middle of G1 season. Let's, let's, let's talk about G1s, what you've seen from Nakamura in G1s. I don't think Out he's of a the coach. current list of 20 guys, where would you slot him in? Like, who could he have a better overall G1 than? Would you say... You know, half the guys in the current blocks, or you know, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, he would. I'm mean, listen. If he were available, you could plop him into any one of those blocks, and he'll have great matches, no doubt. And in a G1, yeah, I, I don't. Nah, I mean, I think it, I'm trying to really like a Makabe. He might have trouble with, um, but even then, I, I I really think that that he would be able to to have great matches no i think again if he came back and decided to do the nonsense that he's doing now yeah it would be a huge disappointment but i don't think i mean he knows you know where his bread's buttered and he knows where you know what is, is his expectations would be um no i i'm not in a g1 i, I mean i don't i'm really 
racking my brain trying to think. I know he was injured for one where he had his shoulder issue. Um, and, and for like half the tournament, he was just, you know, held together with duct tape. Um, but no, I mean, I would not, I would not say that he coasts in G1. I, I, I don't think so. Okay, so obviously, if he were to return to New Japan Pro Wrestling, it would be a huge deal because he's a massive star in Japan. And when they do those popularity polls, he still comes in, you know, second or third. So there's a lot of love for him in Japan. Now, if he were to come back, let me pitch a match to you. Mm-hmm. So a marquee match wouldn't necessarily have to be the headline match for this Madison Square Garden show. Tell me what you would think of this: Shinsuke Nakamura against CM Punk. <laughs> um wow we're we're back on the sea well listen i can't say it's totally out of the question right i can't we can't i don't think anybody can say it's totally out of the question in the sense of yes is there an availability for punk sure it doesn't seem like mma is 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 working out that well for him even though he gave it the old college stripe I should say that apparently ROH are actively trying to book him for this show. Oh, I have no doubt. I'm sure his phone is ringing off the hook. I'm sure he's getting flowers and candy and being wooed uh, to to do this show. I, I can't, you know, he, he absolutely is getting calls. I'm sure of it. Um, and I'm sure wrestlers calling him and, and kind of putting a good word in his ear of what could be done. Again, we all know the that the MMA has hasn't worked out. UFC has basically said mm, you shouldn't be fighting anymore. Um, so, you know, the, he does have pro wrestling to fall back on. And wow, what a what a what an absolute just mind blowing scenario! Just him returning would be great, right? And wrestling any one of of, of New Japan guys, right? That would be fantastic. The the possibility of Again, all the stars would need to align, but again, Nakamura doesn't sign, and and he makes that happen against the CM Punk. Yeah, that's a dream type matchup. That's that's unbelievable. That would here's the thing: tickets go on sale for Madison Square Garden in just you know a handful of days. I believe the seventh for presale, right? Um, it's so it's 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 originally selling tickets based off of of the brand and the word of mouth and the and the the specialness of the event and there are people flying in all over for this i i know my phone has been you know i wouldn't say you know blowing up but there's been plenty of interest and plenty of people are like yep i'm going yep i'm going and flying from all over the country and all over the world um so again it's not going to be the match that sells the tickets it's going to be the brand and the idea of the match at Madison, uh, of a match at Madison Square Garden. Um, look again. I think I would give it in a five to ten percent chance of that match occurring. I would give Punk showing up a twenty five percent chance at this point. He has he has adamantly and vehemently said, "Pro wrestling's not for him anymore. It's not something he wants to do. It's he's it's it's not there." Now he kept saying that before his most recent fight in Chicago, right? Because his mind was on MMA, and he was going through a trial that, you know, kind of <laughs> destroyed his soul. You know, it, 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 I'm sure going through that was, was fucking damaging to his, to his mental health. Um, and now, you know, he's, he has the opportunity to go back to something that 
you know, an, an industry that has left a sour taste in his mouth. Now, he gets to go back, stick it to the people that did it? Maybe. Um, he, he, he does seem like the kind of guy that likes to carry a grudge, right? He does, he does seem like a guy that would, at, at, a, at a nice opportunity, he might be the guy that, you know, likes to, you know, turn the screw a little bit if he has the opportunity. So, um, again, I'll give it a 25% chance for Punk being there, and I'll give uh, a, a 10 to 15% of Nakamura Punk. How about that? Do you think Vince would be throwing big bucks at Nakamura just for the sake of keeping him away from New Japan and specifically keeping away from this MSG show? I think I think Vince is going to be throwing around a lot of bucks in the next, and I don't mean young bucks, um, but he might be throwing bucks to young bucks um, in the next couple of months. Uh, you know, they're forecasting quite a a profit margin with this TV deal. Um, and again, this 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 whole Madison Square Garden thing, Joel, is bigger than just selling out an arena, um, and a very famous arena at that. But it's more than that. I mean, we're talking about contract deals and and pro wrestling becoming something where TV networks are are specifically going out of their way to, way to say, hey, this is a hot product, this will make money, and companies making money. Now, at this point, WWE is locked locked up. And I'm not saying that whoever is next is going to get a deal like the WWE got. But imagine a New Japan-type deal in the United States for a sports network who wants live programming or something of that same you know genre uh, to fill time. Again, they want live sports is what, is what they want. And... I think there's a very I don't think there's any argument that right now the number two promotion in the in the world is New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? In in conjunction with the the media conglomerate of Sinclair Broadcasting, right? I think that is something to, significant. The success of this Madison Square Garden show will have ramifications not only in Hey, this is a popular product, and we're selling T-shirts at Hot Topic and all that. We're talking about lucrative TV deals right around the corner if this motherfucker sells out, and I think that is the bigger story than anything else. Um, uh, you know, I guarantee you that if not already, then after this Madison Square Garden show, New Japan is is going to be somewhere. New Japan is going to be on some type of U.S. major. Sports network, whatever that may be, I don't know, and I don't. Th- I think we're we're bigger than Access TV at this point. Um, we, there's there's going to be some significant movement if this Madison Square Garden show sells out and looks presentable to somebody who's got some deep pockets and is willing to throw some cash at it. And of course, that is something. The, the one thing that terrifies Vince is other uh, wrestling promotions getting TV deals. Mm-hmm. You just look at what's happening with. Uh, ITV World of Sport in the UK to see how he responds to that. So uh, exciting times. Uh, I will hopefully be in attendance at this uh, ROH New Japan show at Madison Square Garden. So watch this space for more interesting developments there. Um, We also have some updates from Hiromu Takahashi. I'm getting these from the Twitter account at Corpse Captain. 
who says that Hiromu's latest diary entry is really short. Uh, the first half is about May visiting and bringing a huge TV for him to watch NJPW on. Uh, apparently, no progress is allowed in the hospital. And Hiromu says, uh, paraphrasing, why are you being nice to me? I'm useless right now, which is really sad. He seems to be sort of beating himself up and blaming himself for being injured and uh, a bit worrying that he's still in the hospital, Damon. Yeah, that is not good news. Um uh, you know, you look at uh, Holm, who who just recently had one match. You know, he's not in in any of these undercard tag matches. I think that's pretty significant, right? Um, that's he. You know, he's been out of action for a long, long time. He spent some time in the hospital. You're talking about necks, man. You're talking about you know discs and nerves and really, <laughs> you know, scary shit. And no, that's not positive. Now, again, I don't know what role that that is when you say he's still in the hospital. It's not like he's in traction, I don't think. He could just be in rehabilitation services. Who knows? But, yeah, you never want to hear that. That's not good news. That's not a positive step. Um, And, again, we don't know the severity of the injury. We just know that it was, you know, reported by Dave that it was a broken neck. So everybody's kind of running with broken neck. But he's still in the hospital. Whatever it is, he's still in the hospital, and it's serious enough for him to still be there. Um, And it does sound like his spirits are down. So, um, yeah, we're talking a guy who's had a a really strong year. He he had a really strong year. So it's disappointing. It is. But the only thing we can do at this point is hope that he recovers and he gets back to full strength, and uh, we see him again shortly in a ring. That's the only thing we can hope and pray for. And more bad news. Oh, come on, Joel. The, Yeah. The, <laughs> the C-Block match, the unofficial C-Block match between David Finley and Toa Hinara has been cancelled. It's been changed into a tag match. What do you make of this? Huh. I did he- You know what? I did hear that on the... I was in half-sleepy mode at this point because when I turned on the TV today, um, it was still we were still in tag mode. We weren't in the singles matches yet. And I, yeah, I, I thought I heard that. Kevin Kelly mentioned that. Um, huh. I mean, listen. It was it was a it was a thing that they made to kind of give them something to do, in the sense of the the wrestlers themselves kind of created it and and gave themselves something to do, which is um, sometimes needed, right? When you feel like you're kind of just floating around doing much of nothing. Uh, now it's changed to a tag match, huh? Huh? Look, I know that they're trying to get as many people on these shows as possible, and they're trying to save those singles matches for. Um, the tournament and or important title defenses, but um, yeah, a little disappointing. I mean, I can't say I'm I'm losing sleep over it, but it is disappointing. They gave him something to do. They kind of promoted it, gave him a singles match, and then they pulled the rug from out from under him. Kind of sucks, actually. Sorry, guys. That's pro wrestling. So, yeah. So presumably, we're going to cancel Hinari's invite onto the. Super J cast then. Oh, that's it. We really we had we have to wait for singles match for for that. Um, how about that Frazier interview? We got a lot of positive feedback from that, didn't we? Yeah, if you haven't already listened to it, please go and check it out because I thought it was really really good. I thought Fraser really brought some very very interesting insight into uh, the goings on and the practicalities of going to a G one, and uh, I definitely loved having him on the show again. So if you haven't already had a chance to listen to that, uh, please do check it out because I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I thought he did a real good job. Um, I mean, he's he's a well spoken gentleman. Um, he's he's got a certain 
class about him, you know, a, a, a dignified air about him. But um, there is that really cool part that he just loves the pro wrestling. And then we see him literally moments after he does our show. He's at uh, G1 and Fla Fale's flipping him off and he just gets, he goes, ah. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. So that was Frazier, the guy who got flipped off by Fale. Um, that everybody kind of. I wouldn't retweeted. flip him off if I were him. I mean, he, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy who's got enough money to have someone killed. <laughs> right, Frazier, I'm sure knows somebody. You know, he knows a couple people. So uh, uh, better better watch your step there, Fale. Um, that, that, that that coffee uh, coffee business might be shut down too sweet, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, not too sweet either. All right. Um, so yes, that's uh, check that out if you haven't. I thought again, Frazier did a real good job giving us a perspective of. Um, all the G1 happenings. And again, he is going to every single show. So, yeah, I think it's a definite we'll have him back on as we get closer to the finals and get his thoughts and a nice little wrap-up of the G1. All right. Last thing before we get into the G1. This better, this better be good news. something I showed you last night. It better be good news. <laughs> <laughs> I think people will enjoy it. If you haven't seen it already, go to Instagram and look for the Instagram user Zoe Becky. That's Z-O-E-B-E-C-K-I-E. Uh, she's a, a wrestler. And if you go to her stories, which is, you know, the little temporary videos you can upload to Instagram, uh, you will see a certain uh, New Japan young line on excursion there. And I don't know. Should I just say what it is or should I let people go and find out for themselves? Because <laughs> it, it gave me nightmares. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, let's give her... You know what? Let's not. Let's 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 keep the people in a little bit of uh, uh, intrigue and suspense so that she gets a lot of traffic coming her way from from our loyal listeners. Um, but let's just say that um, we uh, uh, she the uh, she wrestles in in uh, England, correct? Yes. All right. So that might be a hint of uh, what we might see on in, on her stories, as they call it, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Actually, you showed it to me, and I was laughing my ass off. It was it was really funny, um, and uh, just uh, life life. We'll just call it life on the road for a pro wrestler. Uh, can be very interesting and entertaining. So uh, check check out uh, those uh, that Instagram account uh, again. Give it give it one more time, Joel, if you could. It's Zoe Becky. Oh, that's Becky spelled B-E-C-K-I-E. Uh, unless the stories have expired, in which case uh, you're never going to see them and I'll never tell you what they were. Right. We'll forget about it and never it was. Uh, listen, you, you, we know who's on excursion, right? Come on. Just just, all right, we, we, just fucking tell them, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So their the car broke down and uh, Tomoyuki Oka decided that it was an appropriate time. This, this is uh, on the hard shoulder of the M25 in like the middle of the night, this is around midnight, he decided that was an appropriate time to put on his full Great Okan ring gear, including the little uh, you know, mask thing, the, the parchment thing that goes over his face, and start doing the zombie vampire walk towards oncoming traffic. Right, right. So for, for people who don't know, the it, what was the M20, what was it? M12? M25. So it, it's it, M25 is a, a very important big motorway that runs around the outside of London in yeah. a big circle. Yeah, think like uh, for people in the Philadelphia area or even anywhere on the East Coast, like like I-95, right? <laughs> like so, Something like that. Uh, Magazine Oka in the middle of the night uh, with all his full garb, uh, just pl- pretending he's, uh, he's lost his mind, lost his shit uh, in the middle of the highway. So yeah, definitely entertaining. Definitely check it out. 
Um, it's 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 good stuff. I, I enjoyed it. And then while they were waiting for the, the the rescue truck, they were watching G1 matches by the side of the road on their laptop, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, big is- fans of the product. Yeah, as are we. And let me segue that smoothly into night eleven of the G1 climax. We're working backwards here, and. I didn't watch any of the undercards. Did you? Anything <laughs> worth talking about? I did. Um, I, you know, like I said, I kind of woke up and popped it on, and um, it was in the midst of uh, of uh, the tag matches. I saw the uh, Chase Owens and the Kenny Omega. Um, I, I like them as a team. I do enjoy them a lot. Um, I think that was a decent match. I mean, nothing to me necessarily stood out. Um, I guess the biggest thing was Sonata. Um, and, and Naito kind of, you know, how, uh, Naito looks for the fist bump, um, at, at every opportunity, um, after a match, after a win and Sonata, um, just kind of walked out, just, uh, walked up the ramp without a fist bump. And Naito was kind of selling that a little bit. Um, aside from that, no, I don't think there's anything that's, uh, too earth shattering, anything that, um, you haven't already seen before. And you know, the stories of, uh, how they build to the next show. So no, I wouldn't go out of your way to necessarily catch a lot of the undercard. I would stick with the, the main card. And again, we all know, uh, I don't want to say the struggles because here's the thing with block a Joel. It's, it's not been terrible. It's been pretty good, right? I would say I would give it a pretty good overall. It just hasn't been at the level of block B block B has had, you know, Tell your friends, tell tell your family, you know, get online, pants down, 900 stars. You know, they've had at least three, arguably four or five matches that were in that category. And Block A just hasn't had those, those, those unbelievable head-exploding moments. They've had solid matches. They've had really good main events, um, but nothing that, like, that can touch the best of Block B. Well, let's get into it then. So the first A-block match, we had Bad Luck Fale defeating mm. Togi Makabe in seven minutes with a lariat after a whole lot of bullshit. <laughs> Damon, take it away. <laughs> Fucking, can we, I, I listen, I don't, I don't give a shit. I swear to you, uh, it, 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 don't give me, oh, he's working big man style. Shut up. He, and I'm talking about Fale, is just not that good can we just admit it he's not that good uh and makabe he's struggling just because he's makabe um this match hurt my soul right it was not a great way to start off i, I if i gotta you know if you some listen something's got to be the worst match of the tournament right something's got to be and even finish finishes aside and we all have our struggles with the the ref bumps and all that. All that aside, this match was really not good at all. I mean, even for a big man style match, even for a hard hitting affair, this was not good. And here's here's when you know it's not good. So so I'm watching upstairs, right? I'm watching in my bedroom, uh, and the missus is getting ready for work, and she's uh, she's watching kind of half-heartedly, mind you. Um, and uh, they notice, again, in the crowd, the, the way they go. 
And she's like, why do they keep going in the crowd? It seems like they're just wasting time. And I look at her, and I was like, you got it. <laughs> they, got, they got time to kill. They really can't do it in the ring. And it feels like this is a great way to just shave time off a clock. Um, and that's what this was. Look, again, something's got to be the worst match of G1. And right now, this one takes the cake. Yeah, agreed. Fale's crap. He's not a good big man. If you want a good big man, Lance Archer's a better big man, and he's not even in this G1. If you got to put a big man in there, I would put Lance Archer in there because Fale is slow and he's clumsy, and it, this match was like they were wrestling underwater. That's how slow it was. And he's also he's just going really in with the character stuff. He's just tweeting out Donald Trump shit all the time, which, you know, putting that aside, whether or not you love Donald Trump or not, this is definitely something he seems to be doing deliberately to uh, annoy a certain group of fans online. So there's that. That's annoying people. That, and I can compartmentalize that. I don't really care about that. But the wrestling sucks. And it's really, really boring. And this match was shit. The fans quite rightly shat all over it. And they're just doing so much of this crap. The payoff for it better be good. And I don't know what it is. And I don't think it will be good. I don't know if we're looking at, I don't know, the fucking never six-man tag team titles coming back or tag team gold for G.O.D. I don't know. I don't care at this point. That's the thing. At least it was short. That's all I'm going to say. You're exactly right, though. In the sense that it's gotten to the point where it's like, I don't care. And and people are skipping his matches. They're just skipping them. They're just that and 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 not so much the the Tamatanga, right? Because you, everybody is still and who and was it Andrew Rich with the with the Simpsons uh, uh, picture? Uh, he's Tamatanga's coming. Uh, it, it, that's what everybody's kind of doing. Everybody's kind of holding out hope because they see that it can happen with Tamatanga. It's just it's just not with Fale, man. I'm I'm sorry. Let, uh, let's just. Can we? I, I'm a I'm a firm believer that in giving anyone on that roster a tap on the shoulder, they can have a good match. And I really feel like that he has to have a the real right opponent to, for that to happen. This was not it was not going to happen on paper. It was not going to happen um, in the ring, and and it didn't. And it it was. I hate being the guy that says it was what it was, but it was what it was. And and I know why both of them are in G1. Boy, it was just like everybody kind of – you know how people circle shit on their on their G1 schedule and they're like, oh, I can't wait for that match. I can't wait for – people circled this and were like, oh, this one's going to be – this one's going to be a rough one. And it was. I thought it was, uh, again, not the, the harp on it, but it was the worst of, of the G1 so far. Finally, he could be carried to a half-decent match by the very best wrestlers in the world. Like last year's Okada title shot at Dontaku – was good. The New Japan Cup match he had against Tanahashi this year was good. Mm -hmm. So I would put that down to Okada and Tanahashi's work. I'm sure those guys could probably carry me to a half-decent match. And if that's the absolute ceiling for Farley, personally, I just think he's a bust. I'm not interested in watching him wrestle anymore. I'm not either. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, he's he, he's... <sighs> He has to have the right guy. Let's just be honest, and he has to have the right guy. And and when he doesn't, it's 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 jarring. It's jarring at the 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 level that he is at, and to where others are. And again, big man, I understand. I understand he's the you know he's gonna 
uh, wrestle a certain style. It's it, here's the thing: it's not the style because I don't even think he's good at the style. Right? I think I could name. I, I feel like I could name five, ten people off the top of my head, big men. That that and, and again, we're not even talking about the Brodies and Hansons and Vaders of the world, right? But I just think that, like, just to me, he's not even good at the style that everybody wants to say that he's working. Okay, great. Um, all right, that it is, Joel. It was what it was because it was much better stuff on this night. So let's not harp on the negative. Okay, next match we had Jay White defeating Hangman Page in 17 minutes with a Blade Runner. Uh, this was interesting because it was the two youngest guys in the G1 facing off against each other. Uh, I enjoyed this match. There were little touches. I like Yujiro wearing his Hangman t-shirt when he was on the Japanese commentary team. Apparently he was talking about uh, Paige's penis, so uh, something to listen for if you, if you uh, can understand Japanese. Uh, yeah, what a lovely man. So... I like Jay White again, using the young lions as weapons. That was quite fun. And there was some really good camera work that made Hangman's suicide dive come out of nowhere because it just framed it just perfectly. So he just flew out the side of the screen, which was really good. They had an awesome sequence with the buckshot lariat into the complete shot and the deadlift German, just really smooth transitions there. And again, this is something I've spoken about before, but they teased the top rope, Saito suplex to the floor. And Marty Asami's going, no, no, no. And then Jay White's going, yes, yes, yes. And I really like that when there's the dangerous move tease, but not actually delivered because you don't always have to go through with it because then it keeps you guessing and keeps you on the edge of your seat. Hangman Page's moonsaults are marvellous. Just absolutely picture-perfect stuff. Uh, I'm not sure what was going on with a boot coming off because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't really follow that. But uh, the lower back work was excellent. There were some really sick bumps with him uh, falling and bouncing off the apron. And Adam Page sold it really, really well throughout the match. But then towards the end in the closing stretch, he just brushed it off. And then he lost the match due to an unrelated low blow. And this is... a bit of an issue I've got with quite a few matches in this G1 where they've done some limb work or, or body work and then just blown it off towards the end and would it have been too much to ask to have him try and do the right passage but then have his back give out and then Jay hits the blade runner after that and win like why is it so hard to have the, the body part that's been worked over figure into the finish of the match but maybe I'm nitpicking that's something that I think would have elevated the match to a, another level but aside from that it was a really really good match um, just with that slight tweak, it could have been better. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really like this match a lot. And you're right about those. You know, they they worked, I don't want to say necessarily a, a slow pace, maybe methodical um, in the beginning, but then it definitely picked up with the, the back spots. And again, I love the way that Jay White works those uh, apron spot into the rail, apron spot into the rail, um, and, and Kevin Kelly going nuts over it, uh, you know, like he's being murdered. Uh, and of course, leading up to the, the that big uh, backdrop bump off the the corner turnbuckle onto the floor, uh, which was pretty deadly as well. Uh, it, it, you know, it was kind of like it was one of those moments where the crowd kind of got woohoo. That was <laughs> that looked really terrible, and, and not in a bad way. Like in a holy shit, is this guy going to get the, get up from this? Um, but yeah, I like. I, I see. Here's the thing, though. I actually did like the boot spot. Because it was, I. It is one of those things where, you know, it, a, a, a mishap like that should happen more often. If you like, like somebody pulling, tugging so hard on someone's leg that it, you know they pulls off their boot, right? And then they're left sitting there, you know, standing with a boot in their hand. Um, yes, uh, uh, he did work that back though. 
um, a couple of times where he tried. What's he called that that um, the flippy do clothesline thing where he, he does it over the, the buckshot Larry. That's what it is. Um, when he he tried to do that a couple of times and he sold the back right. So yeah, it would have been nice to kind of have that carry over into the finish and carry over into uh, and again. Look, it feels like with the ref bumps, um, you know, you're going to get that in A block a lot more, it feels like, than you are in B. Somebody somebody loves the, the ref bump. It's like they just discovered it, and they just want to spam the ref bumps <laughs> over and well, it's over. It's Gato, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, got a, he's got a thing about, you know, the American-style interference and stuff like that. Yeah, so but he's, It's probably him. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but it's been, you know, it's not like he just wound up, you know, he's been booking this, this for quite a while, just... I don't know what the deal is with the over-reliance of it because, it, you know, in every match it feels like it's there's at least a, a ref bump or a ref, a ref uh, toss, right? He may not be dead, but uh, there is contact. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to have that in- included in the finish. But, um, you know, everybody's praising Hang- Hangman Page, and it's rightfully so and rightfully deserved. Um, and what you got out of this too is that, and we said it from the jump, that even though you're going to get some nonsense with Jay White, he's in the mix. He is in, absolutely going to be in the mix at the end, and he's going to be a top player player um, for a long time to come. Um, you, you'll you'll see him sniffing uh, contention for for the finals definitely in A block. Okay, a couple of other guys who will surely be in contention towards the end. We had a uh, Minoru Suzuki defeating king of darkness evil in 12 minutes with a gotch style pile driver uh, what were your thoughts on this match damon gotch style pile driver once again racking up some points with that didn't you? <laughs> right? uh, i'd like this match uh i thought it was very good um evil i i think evil and suzuki have a nice chemistry right it's it's suzuki doesn't work well with 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 everyone right there are times where it does feel like it's oil and water um, but I don't think that's with Eva. I like the way these two work together. And I thought um, it, it – look, I, I know what, why we're, we, we need to give Suzuki some points. We need to have him in the mix as well. Um, and Evil taking the loss, he could still um, – you know, he could still recover from that and, and be in the mix as well. Um there's a whole load of them tied on eight points. Evil, yeah. Okada, Suzuki, and Jay White have all got eight points. I, I literally was, tr- as I was saying the words, I'm thinking, all right, well, who's got the tiebreakers and who's not? And my head exploded. So you're, we're lucky I even got the words out of my mouth <laughs> because I was like, I can't do the math right now. Uh, but good match. Um, I, like the, I like the definitive finishes with, with the gotch pile driver. I like that it's, if that, if that gets hit, Again, we're protecting finishes. If that gets hit, it's nighty night. We're done. We're going home. Um, and I, it, it is like a win with an exclamation point for Suzuki. So again, I, I I can't imagine him not being in the mix. And again, there is that log jam right now with all those guys all just kind of bunched together. And that that's that's his style of booking, right? We know that. We know that it was going to be competitive to the end, and the final night is going to be decisive. Um, it's just a matter of who wins when to to get to where we are right now. Yeah, it was a good match. I just wish they'd had a little bit longer. Uh, start off wasn't really a whole lot of wrestling, just a lot of ringside chair shenanigans, which personally is not something that interests me. It's hard for me to get excited about. But then when they brought it into the ring for the closing stretch, it was really good. Like uh, when it started off with Suzuki reversing Evil's throat slash taunt 
into the finger lock mm. and um, evil screaming. And as Chris Charlton pointed out on Twitter, it's not something you hear very often, evil screaming. I love the forearm and the elbow exchanges and the closing sequence with all the counters and reversals. Really, really smooth. And that's something that Suzuki's been doing in a lot of his matches. And usually he takes quite a while to set up the got star power driver but in these matches it's coming very rapidly very fluid fluidly is that a word sure. is that an adverb i don't know we like to make up words but, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure we're wordsmiths here yeah. um so it was a really good match it seemed to be missing a middle it was like a beginning and then an end but it was a fun match and it was like all of suzuki's greatest hits mashed into one yeah that's it's a great but it really was it was like all of his greatest hits wrapped into one that's a great analogy um it, you're right. In the beginning, there, there, it is that that um, brawl that kind of again does maybe feel like a waste of time. If we're going to critique Fale for it, where we can critique others, and I do cringe at that evil chair shot thing where the guy's got to hold the chair over his head while Evil takes a swing at it. That is one of those things. I'm just like, oh god, I hate that thing. Um, and I wish he wouldn't do that. But uh, it gives Kevin Kelly to, to pretend to be a, a baseball announcer. Finally, you know he's a big he's a base, big baseball guy. You know, so he gets to do his home run call. So I feel good about that. But yeah, it was it was like Suzuki's greatest hits all rolled into one match. So that's that's a good point. But um, yeah, I thought it was a good match uh, somewhere in the middle with the stars. I don't know if I'm ready to go fours or anything like that. But I think a high threes uh, is is a fair grade. Yeah, I'll go three and a half. It was it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, next match, then, we got Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Yoshihashi in 12 minutes with uh, was it an inside cradle, I believe. Um, and I thought this was really, really good. Yep. I think Yoshihashi is delivering big in the ring in this G1, which is not a big surprise because we know he can go in the ring. But here's my hot take. I think his problem is that he's not pretty enough because if he was better looking, that would get him a pass on the lack of charisma. So, personally, I think that's what's holding him back. But I like this match a lot. I thought the finish was great. I love Yoshihashi building up a ton of momentum with his big moves. Crowd on his side. They're all cheering for him. He's about to slide into the butterfly lot and then just, bang, gets caught by the more experienced man with a cradle. One, two, three. Like, sticking a pin in the balloon. Pop. It's all gone. And then he's looking in disbelief. Like, he can't believe he's been caught out like that. And I actually had my head in my hands after yeah. that for poor tacos. So, uh, I thought this was tremendous. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was another... Again, he, it was another Yoshihashi. There's no fucking way he's winning. Oh, my God. He's got a chance to win. And, oh, my God, a couple of two counts where you're kind of like, fucker win. <laughs> you know? You're rooting for him to to pull it out. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, again, according to my math, which is uh, nobody told me there would be math, um, he's eliminated, correct? He is officially eliminated? With yes. This? Okay, there you go. And Makabe's eliminated ah, as well. All right. Well, there you go. So everybody holding out hope for a Yoshihashi win or a, or a Makabe win. I'm sorry to inform. No, I, 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 you know, aside from the main event, which I thought stole the show, um, sorry to, to spoil it early. But I thought I thought this was fantastic. Uh, again, we say it a lot. Yoshihashi can have a great match. He really can. Uh, it's and I don't know if it's handsomeness or not. I'm not really one that could say either way. Um, maybe maybe I'm sure our our Twitter followers would would <laughs> chime in on that with their hot takes on the on the Yoshihashi and his attractive his hunkiness. Um, but it's, it is, something's missing. 
um, because he he has the physical tools. I really feel that. And and again, not even if he has the right opponent, he can. I I really feel like he can have a good match with a lot of different styles and different people. Um, being in the ring, you know, with one of the best doesn't hurt. Um, but he can he can deliver, and he can deliver in a big fucking way. Again, you're not going to get, you know, Meltzer doing cartwheels over over one of his matches, but to to deliver drama and deliver um, intrigue and deliver uh, captivating pro wrestling, uh, uh, captivating pro wrestling. Yeah, I think he, I think he can. Now, some of that it does have to do with the fact that he is the underdog, and some of that has to do with the fact that he is a loser, right? But you know, he can do it, and it's and it's and it's and it's and what he brings to block A is kind of what I feel like Yano brings to block B, in the sense of you don't think he's really going to do that well, but there always is that style of work in the match where you think, oh, fuck, he's going to pull it out. And, oh, he's right there. And then you're in, and no matter who he's in the ring with, you're pulling for the fucking guy to get the win. And that's that's the best I can, that's the best compliment I can give the guy. It's, it, it is, is that really, truth be told, he's doing his job, and he's doing his job well. That's, that's the best compliment I can give a Yoshihashi. He's not going to be a champion. He's not going to be a world beater. He's not going to get a significant push. But he, but he goes in there, and he, and he can have great matches. Let me take that. He can have really solid, good fucking matches uh, that, that captivate you and intrigue you because he is the lovable loser. Now, as a fan of uh, the English Premier League football, you've got 20 teams in the Premier League, and at the end of the season, the bottom three teams get relegated into the championship, as, as I'm sure you well know. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to have a G1 relegation zone for these 20 guys Yoshihashi would not be in my relegation zone he would not be in the bottom three for me so I think he's delivering I'm enjoying his matches and I wouldn't take him out for next year see I would love that if if there was that element where there was a relegation where you could not be in uh, G1 next year if you fell below below a certain point threshold like if you if you or you'd have to qualify for it again or something yeah yeah it could be like a secondary tournament again the C block or um, you know, whatever the case may be. And I know Naito kind of hid, hid, hinted at that before, right? That, you know, people should earn their spot and, you know, why is a guy like Tai Chi not in it and somebody else is? But, yeah, if you fall, like, at two points or four points for the, for the total, yeah, you're relegated. You cannot, you cannot be in or, again, you have to compete in a tournament to get in. I think that would be a real interesting dynamic because on that last night, you know, not only do you have people that are going to spoil people getting to the finals, because you know that's going to happen, right? People are going to get fucked over uh, in surprise losses and or wins. Uh, but that now you have people fighting for their lives, right? Fighting to be in next year and be, and be competitive. Now, here, here I will say this, though. Here's what that does, though. That makes their calendar year – well, no, I can't even say that. I mean, they could have the tournament for G1, you know – I don't want to take any shine away from the best of the super juniors, but I'm sure they can figure something out, right? Yeah, that, that might not be a bit. Do, do it in the Kazuna, Kazuna Road shows. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they could do it. Listen, we got never six man titles that haven't been defended in months. Who, you know what I mean? Like, like we had championship titles that haven't been def- defended. We could figure out a fucking uh, uh, mini tournament to 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 do this. 
All right, let's 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 get that ball rolling. Twitterverse, the 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 Super J Cast universe. Ugh, boo. <laughs> let's 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 get that ball rolling. We we need relegation. Hashtag NJPW relegation. G one relegation. Let's make it G one relegation. Um, that that should be something we move on to uh, and look forward to in the future. That would be fun. Yes, come on, you one thousand followers, get on that. Get on it. All right. Let's move on to the main event in which Kazushka Okada defeated Michael Elgin in 20 minutes with a Rainmaker. What did you think of this match, David? Uh, I'll tell you what. This was fucking pants down shit. And and, uh, once again, Michael Elgin proving uh, to be an MVP of Block A. This match was solid. Um, You know, look, I... I, uh, you're in the ring with 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 one of the greatest again, so it's it's hard to not have a great match. Uh, but that closing stretch was pretty solid with um, buckle bombs and uh, dangerous spots from the top rope that you talk about, um, and a, an attempt at a burning hammer. And, I, and again, I'll never forget a conversation that I had with him, where it was, if I'm hitting the burning hammer, there's no motherfucking way anybody's kicking out. Uh, now he didn't get to hit it, mind you, right? But uh, it was always a little slip out, but it was always there. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he he can perform at a, at a high level in a big spot. Uh, and once again, Okada getting points that we kind of I don't want to say we we knew, but uh, you kind of you kind of felt that you know he needed the points to kind of continue on in this storyline. So. Um, this might be, I would say it's in the top three favorite A-block matches so far for me. It might be my favorite. Um, I would go four and a half on this. I'm going to go full fives. I'd go four and a halves. But uh, to me, this this match was head and shoulders above just about everything else on the show, mind you, and is is in the running for match of the block. We'll call that. Yeah, agree. I've got it tied with Tanahashi against Suzuki from the first night because I love that match as well. Two very, very different matches. It's like comparing apples and oranges, so maybe it's not fair to do that. But I would definitely have it right up there with the best A-block matches. And yeah, I'm with you about Elgin being MVP of the A-block because he's delivered in pretty much all of his matches. Uh, this did start off a bit sluggish, a bit sloppy. I mean, we're getting deep into the G1. People are getting banged up, probably carrying little injuries at this point. And there were some scary moments, like he nearly accidentally dumped Okada over the top turnbuckle at one point when he was trying to sit him up there. But uh, from that point onwards, it was awesome. Like from the superplex onwards, it was incredible stuff. It was high pace, there was back and forth sequences, reversals, counters, that made sense. It's not just guys taking turns to do moves to each other. Each little transition had been thought out and was logical. And there was that absolutely brutal lariat from Elgin where I expected Okada's head to go flying off. And Okada's selling, man. We talked about it before, but he just looked like he'd been knocked silly. He's one of the very best in the world for selling. And something that surprised me, huge chance in the crowd for Elgin. Yeah. Because I thought Okada's the golden boy, but they were really going for it with an Elgin, Elgin chance. And I was kind of glad that he missed the top rope splash mountain after what happened to Ishii in the New Japan Cup. That was a very scary moment there where he got dropped on his head. Those Elgin forums, and you've talked about it before, they make the best sounds. It's just absolutely echoing throughout the arena. And just amazing strength and control from both guys for the tombstone reversals towards the end. And 
Also, let's give Elgin a bit of credit for taking a great Rainmaker bump, which is one of my favourite metrics to judge a wrestler by. How well can you bump for a Rainmaker? And, and he took a really good one there, so I thought it was a, a cracking match, amazing closing stretch, definitely one of the best A-block matches, and I would say the best A-block night so far. What, what do you say to that? Might be. I think, uh, I think it would be in the running, absolutely. And again, um, I think, you know, just keep an eye out on both those guys. I don't, I don't, I think, I, let's just say that we, you know, they might not be in the, in the best shape <laughs> after this match. Right. So, uh, I think, uh, look for strategically placed, uh, wraps, <laughs> right. Uh, in their, in their next singles matches and tag matches, uh, for, for, uh, one in particular, maybe two, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they, they, they were banged up after this match that, that I can guarantee you, um, with, uh, and again, it's 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 understandable, but to me, it's it's pretty amazing how people can get hurt at any point in a match and then be able to continue on at at the pace and and the level in which they did. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just something to keep an eye out on for the future and and, and the quality of those matches. Um, I don't know the severity of the injury, but um, it, it'll be, you'll 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 see the tape. You'll know. And when I say tape, the athletic tape. Um, so just put two and two together, kids. Okay, so where are we go now? We go back to night 10, David. Night 10, which was also, uh, dare I say, one of the better uh, uh, shows in general. Um, and to me, uh, a match that... Um, two matches that were great and one that was just pants down fucking jumping around <laughs> uh and might take the the, the, the trophy for uh, uh match of the tournament so why don't we why don't we work our way through this one okay so this was uh saturday july 28th from aichi uh i noticed they took a little break on sunday do you think that was because of all japan having their show you know what um i don't know i mean they they scheduled these things out in advance so far you know the the buildings and the dates and all so i don't know if that had any had any any factor in it but um I'm I'm hoping they just did it just for travel and just to give them a, a, a small rest. It's hard. The pace that they're going is unbelievable. G1 is just fucking brutal. Uh, and then again, we're, we're all we're looking at is matches, you know. And then we're going to sleep or we're going to work and we're sitting at a desk. And you know, these guys are getting on a bus and driving six hours or five hours or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, I don't know to, to answer the question. Okay, so we've got B-Block match opening up. Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Tamatonga in 11 minutes by disqualification. And we're seeing this thing now with Tangaloa coming out, Oof. doing some pre-match poetry. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was kind of strange seeing Zack Sabre Jr. as the underdog babyface, but it worked for me, probably because I love Zack Sabre Jr. But oh, I just really didn't see the point in having Farley coming out and doing the DQ. Like, why not just have Zack Sabre Jr. win clean? Right. It, I mean, it looks like it was going to be interesting at the start with Taka Michinoku as the equaliser for a while, but then it just degenerated into the same old shit. And Tamatonga and Farley are saying, oh, we don't care about points. Well, look, lads, if you don't care about points, I don't care about your matches. Yep. So I just really can only echo the sentiments expressed by Zack Sabre Jr. in his post-match promo. Scampi, be quiet, I'm speaking. Scampi wants a take. Scampi's upset. I don't want to hear hot takes from you, Scamp. You, you got to earn it. Where, where's your 1,000 Twitter followers? <laughs> so backstage, Zack Sabre Jr. said that Tamatonga is as edgy as a fucking Satsuma, 
Dream a little bigger, darling. How about you try and win some matches and then you might be a successful little so-and-so, but right now, you're a waste of fucking time. I, I mean, I, I can't say it any better myself. Um, he's it, Again, Fale's become fast-forward material for many people. Tamatanga's coming that way, and and this this had absolutely the the path to be a a at least a decent match. Here's the thing, okay, do your do the shenanigans and nonsense, and even Taka got involved with grabbing you know feet from the outside, and then there's the chase outside, and okay, you know you can stomach that, and then you know we get to the meat and potatoes, and you're right, what. <laughs> This is not. A, this doesn't really necessarily feel like we're built. We need to protect Tamatanga, right? You know, just he's. Uh, uh, it's just so frustrating. You're right. If it's not worth their time, it's like, and again, listen, it's not like they're going into this seriously. Fuck the G1. You know what I mean? They're they're getting told to do this, but look, there's backlash from it, and the backlash is, I I just can't be bothered. I can't be interested in it, and it and it's hurtful and. Uh, hurtful in the sense of, you know, t- to sit through and to and to be subjected to. Um, it, it, you, if this is what it's going to be, then this is what it's going to be. Um, it could have been, it could have been, it could have been so wonderful. We could have had something, but um, uh, too bad we don't. And uh, and that's that. Yeah, when it gets to the point where people are skipping your matches, then whatever you're doing is not working, I'm afraid. Um, next match then, we've got Juice Robinson finally getting some points by defeating Toriano in eight minutes with a pulp friction. So your thoughts Lots on Lots of comedy, case? right? We kind of knew that that would be the case. Uh, but even with the comedy, it would still... Look, Juice is my favorite right now. I, I love him so much. He looks like a guy that you can just hang out with and have a blast with. Um, and uh, again, he seems real. He seems like a real, legitimate human being. Um, his post-match interviews are great because they're they're real. They're 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 from the heart, and and they're, he he kind of says things that we all feel in, in the sense of you know if I can't win, I, I got to take a look at myself in the mirror and say I don't deserve to be here. And, you know, minus shoving a thumb up his own ass on his own couch, uh, which was a weird thing to say, but that's like, that's how you, that's how you relax by shoving thumbs up your ass. Um, I'm playing tiddlywinks. That's an important caveat. Good point. point. Well, then, then I guess I I asked the question, how do you play tiddlywinks with one hand? Um, Have you ever played tiddlywinks? I don't even know how to play tiddlywinks. Uh, is that where you've got little plastic discs and you're trying to, uh, sort of flick them, not flick them, but sort of press the edge of another one it, yeah. and make it bounce into a cut. Right. Right? Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Look at you with your old school gaming. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Damon, when we, uh, meet up for this, uh, MSG show, we can have a, a game of tiddlywinks with a thumb up our ass <laughs> and see how that goes. Well, we'll put that on the Patreon. Trust me, according to some listeners, we already do a show with our thumbs up our ass. <laughs> Um, all right, look, uh, that aside, yeah, we'll do, we'll have that for uh, a small fee. That sounds like a moneymaker. Um, Juice is great. I think he's, um, I, I, let me ask you this. 
two points. He gets a win over Yana, which he well, you know, he he needed because I couldn't imagine him walking out of here with zero. Are you disappointed in not his performance, but are you disappointed in the fact that as we sit here right now, mathematically he's eliminated, right? I mean, he can't possibly win. We I'm I, th- I think I'm safe in, in saying that. Um are you disappointed that that that's going to be his output for for the G1 in, in points? And again, I don't mean this as a as a oh, kayfabe kind of nonsense thing, but more of ah, I thought the promotion thought a little bit more of him. I guess we've got to wait and see for the rest of the tournament because he has four matches left. So if he goes on a run, he could conceivably end up with ten points, which would be fine. So he's got Goto Ishii, Zack Saber Jr. and Sanada left. Mm. So I think it's too early to judge. Do you, um, let me ask you this. So I will, do, do you think? And what are those? Are wins? Do you think? Give me an opt. I'm going to say all of them. I'm going to say he wins all of those matches. Really? Yeah. Hot take here. Look at you. He goes on a big, massive run. Yes. All right. All right. I beat on that. Fuck it. All right. Let's do that. All right. Then I guess you're right. Okay. So if he winds up with ten, I'd be I'd be thrilled with the output and 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 uh, everything else. But I, mean, I don't I don't think that could possibly happen. I I would I he beats Ishi, Sanada, uh, who else? Goto, and uh, Zach. Zach's going to be the tough one. You think he's going to beat Zach? Just how many more losses can he take, given the way that New Japan like to have people who have taken a loss in the G1 uh, as champions, then given a title shot to people who've beaten them? That's the thing. I mean, it's like, I mean, for a guy to hold a a title, I mean, he's been looking at the lights a lot. Um, And it kind of, you know, again, again, it kind of screams what they think of this title um, for that to happen. So, again, let's hold out hope. Uh, a, 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 a four point, a four match winning streak to close it, and they do. You know what? I will say this though: the commentary team does make a special point to always mention how streaky Juice is in G one, right? Like he, you know, he wins three, then he loses eight, and then wins his last four or whatever, you know, whatever the number was. I don't know, but maybe that's playing into this. So, okay, fingers crossed. We'll, hold, we'll I'll hold out. Uh, I am disappointing as as of right now as to the output and again what they theoretically think of him, um, uh, hierarchy wise. But um, okay, I'm going to hold out and and uh, fingers crossed for a nice little run for Juice. Yeah, it was a fun little match. Yano's back to his old cheating ways. Uh, not that I mind. I quite like the the spot where they were dueling with the turnbuckle pads and the airplane spin. I didn't get the significance of him taking off the hand wrapping if he didn't end up punching Yano. It's his left hand seems to be a Chekhov's gun at this point, so we'll, we'll wait and see if he does end up using it at some point. But it's a decent little match. I, again, I'm not in the camp of uh, Yano for G1 MVP. I don't think he's anywhere near the conversation. He's just Yano's doing Yano things, and I like Yano and I like this match. So uh, let's move on to the next one, which I dare say we're going to have some things to say about. We had Kota Ibushi defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 16 minutes with the Kamigoi. So they've got a bit of history here. Go ahead. On May the 25th in 2014, Ishii defended his never openweight championship at New Japan's Back to Yokohama Arena against Ibushi. There's a piece on Voices of Wrestling website by Kelly Harass about that, which is definitely worth reading. So 
as we've seen before, these two guys have got amazing chemistry and their backstage comments beforehand that Ishii's saying that Ibushi's missing something. And based on what's going on in this match, it seems to be like Ibushi's building towards a, a Budokan balcony special because he was doing, again, more outrageous dives off, off of high places. And this match, like, where do I even start? The, the psychology was exemplary, the selling from both guys the facial expressions in particular it was just great acting like as opposed to Kenny Omega who just emotes and pulls funny faces these guys were acting and it was on point I loved Ishii flattening Kota Ibushi with a forearm right when Kota was provoking him with kicks he was doing those little kicks you know wiping his foot on Ishii's Mm. head and then Ishii just gets up and just fucking knocks him to the floor with that Larry it was just awesome it was just the embodiment of that fighting spirit with Ishii no selling the, the top rope suplex, the crowd just absolutely ready to explode. Then they went into that slap battle and then Kota punching Ishii in the throat. Yeah, yeah. Punching him in the throat. And then we got Ishii headbutting through the Kamigoye. Like what a reversal. And then we got the wrist control and all the reversals. And Ishii here, he was his absolute gatekeeping best here and I mean that in the best way possible because he made Kota look like a main event level star because when Kota flips that switch and he goes into murder Kota mode he is just one of the absolute best and Tomohiro Ishii he is just killing it in this G1 he is killing it this guy he's 42 years old he's never going to win the G1 he'll never headline Wrestle Kingdom He's never going to be IWGP heavyweight champion, but he's going out night after night and he is knocking out the park every single time and he's putting everybody else to shame because he's Tomohiro fucking Ishii. And he is everything I love about New Japan Pro Wrestling and everything I love about Pro Wrestling. Yes. 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 That's it. You nailed it. That motherfucker will never be a champion. Heavyweight champion. Never. It'll never happen. I promise you. But look at him. He's not going to win G1. Never. But look at him. Every time. You're not looking away from an Ishii match. He is the MVP of this tournament. Right? And again, we can look at Kenny Omega and say, and, and, and if somebody wanted to argue that point, by all means, right? You could look at Zach and say, okay, we we can we can have a discussion on that as well. Abushi, sure, why not? But to me, a guy like Tomohiro Ishii, who again, he's he's not in the mix. He's not going to win. But he goes out there and performs at such an elite level every single time for little or no return is commendable at least and fucking awesome at best. Yes, he is a main reason why people gravitate to this promotion. Again, he is a C-level, B-level type guy in the promotion. He's not a top dog. He's not a, a, a home run hitter. He is the guy that's... He's the guy... He's your... Uh, your 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 uh, grunt. He is your laborer. He is the guy that builds the foundation. He's not the guy that's going to get the press, right? He's not the guy that's going to get the the touchdown. He's not the guy that you're going to build a promotion around. 
but for fuck's sake, each and every time this guy comes out there, you it's you know it's going to be spectacular. Now, let's also let's give some praise to Kota Ibushi as well, because truth be told, and again, you can argue the style and how he, he the 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 fact that he is such an enigma. That he can, you know, he wants to work comedy. You know, listen, he's going to wrestle this match, and then he's going to go out and wrestle a fucking crab for Kaiju Big Battle, right? That's him. He's a quirky motherfucker, and and that's why people love him so, right? And that is awesome. But when when you get this Kota Ibushi, the, this is the Kota Ibushi that I that I just salivate over. Uh, y- y- it doesn't get much better. A big spotlight, big match, Kota Ibushi. There's no one better on the fucking planet for me. Um, and then now you, you, you put, you know, you put peanut butter in my chocolate. You put chocolate in my peanut butter. And here's what you get. What a fucking match. Kids, match of the tournament so far for me is that match. Five stars, uh, blow away moments, big time spots, dangerous spots, hard hitting action. And I beg anyone to tell me that match wasn't great. And 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 I really question fanhood. If you can watch that match and say, uh, I I question. Um, this is the this is a match that you show people. Hey, this is why I watch this stuff. This is why I travel to Tokyo. This is why. Um, this is a match you you could be proud of to be a pro wrestling fan. Here, here. Again, if this is not something that you loved as much as we did, then I don't know what to tell you. This sport's probably not for you. Okay, next match then. We got uh, Tetsuya Naito defeating Hiroki Goto in 13 minutes after a Destino. So what were your thoughts on this? I, I felt bad for them because I, this was a really good match, right? I thought this was really good. I think, I think Goto and, and, and Naito also have a decent chemistry together, right? A, a solid chemistry together. And I think the match was, was really good. It was, I was tough to follow. You're not going to be able to follow. You know, it's hard. It's hard to come down off of that Ishii Abushi uh, uh, match and go into anything else and not just kind of think back to what you just saw, right? So it's kind of hard to be in the moment. As much as I tried to, I couldn't. Um, again, I, I I feel bad for whoever came out after that match. They did. They did a very admirable job. A solid match. Um, but it, it, it hurt just because, man, that, <laughs> and, and here's the thing too. It was, it was, it was really good. There was a, there was, that's, a, that's, you're not going to get better or much better pro wrestling in 2018 than this, the, the, these matches, right? Back to back to back, right? You're, you're not going to get better. Uh, solid, strong, four, I would say I would go for four and a half match, star match. And it's amazing that I would say that and be like, and I'm not, I'm not hand-waving it, but it's just coming off the, what we just saw, it was hard to, 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 to be in the moment for this match, and I felt bad for him. Yeah, they were put in a very awkward spot, and it was a, a very, really good match. Um, just one complaint I'd have is that they had the same finish again with the little half Destino kicked out of before another full Destino, which is a bit anticlimactic just in the structure of it. So my suggestion would be, you know, Naito, if you're listening, taking suggestions from me, uh, have that little reversal Destino, let that finish the match. 
It could be like the RKO just coming out of nowhere because he does come up with some really creative ways to reverse into that. But just let that be the finish. That will be my suggestion. But uh, anyway, I'm nitpicking. Yeah, Goda's had a real strong tournament. He's had a real strong tournament. And, and, and truth be told, he's had a real strong year. He's had, he's had, a, he's had a nice little comeback year. Um, for me, anyway, for quality of matches and 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 right from Wrestle Kingdom, um, he's he's seems to have found uh, that elusive groove that we had talked about a long time ago. Um, he he's doing it for me this year. He's definitely doing it for me this year. Yeah, totally agree. That Suzuki match at Wrestle Kingdom is definitely going to be in my top ten matches of the year, and he's had some terrific matches to, to go on top of that so yeah totally agree he is perhaps a, a low-key uh underappreciated uh, star in this g1 but he's definitely been bringing the stars this time uh so moving on to our main event then we had kenny omega defeating sanada in 20 minutes with one winged angel so this is notable because this is two main events in a row for sanada which i'm sure we can read something into that and he is Definitely stepping up a notch this tournament mm-hmm. compared to last year. Uh, this was a really good match. There was some nice chain wrestling at the start. And I like Sanada starting to show a bit more character. Like he was holding the ropes open for Kenny. It was a nice character touch. A bit of swagger. A bit of bravado. You know, let me see what who is Sanada. What makes him tick? And I need to see more of that. And this was a very, very good match. It was exciting. It was high paced. But... There were little things that annoyed me, and I don't know if this is just me being very, very fussy, but there were moments that took me out of it, like when Kenny did his big tope suicida, and then he landed on the floor, and the camera's there, and then he turns to the camera and goes, why do I do these things? That was risky. Why do that? What's the point of that? Yeah. And again, his facial expressions are just so daft. Like Humans don't make faces like that. You go back to the Ishii and Ibushi match, they're making faces, yes, but they are realistic faces that you would expect people to make in the middle of a fight. Like, I've never seen a uh, a grueling 25-minute UFC championship fight where people are gurning as much as Kenny Omega is. Um, and also, another complaint would be some of the blowing off the leg work. So, again, it's something I talked about before, about people blowing off work. So, there was a moment where Kenny did a double drop kick on Sanada's leg and then... He did. I think he did a moonsault landing on his feet and then was rubbing his leg. And I was like, okay, good. This is going to be consistent. And then he immediately follows that up with a perfectly executed top rope springboard maneuver. So again, it's the inconsistent selling. I don't know if it's just me. I, I accept I could be on an island here, but that is a small thing that takes me out of these matches. But aside from that, it wasn't an exciting match. This is a, a big, big G1 from Sanada. I'm really enjoying what we're getting from him so far. And also, talking point here, Kenny's got 10 points already, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the G1 pans out there. But what did you think of this match? I liked it a lot. I, I definitely liked it a lot. Um, you're right in the sense of w- w- when it comes to Sonata is, you know, we we knew the gifts of, of, of pro wrestling he had, the physical gifts. Uh, but we were kind of questioning in in a sense he hasn't been able to take that next level and some had speculated and i think me being one of them was you know it's it's that he is so expressionless that you can't get a sense of who he is or what he is and um that helps him take the next level right Um, and i think that's one thing that we see more and more of in in these tournament matches that's number one um the kenny thing but i i think with the kenny thing 
while it might not be my cup of tea, um, I will say that that is one of the things that I think people gravitate to. Let's put it this way. You either love it or you hate it, right? There is no gray in that. Um, there, there are pe- uh, sorry, is he, has he always been doing this? Or is it just is it something that I'm only noticing now, or is he seeming to be hamming it up more than he usually does? Um, but I mean, listen, when he was brought in, you know, he's sticking broom handles up people's asses, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Since since we've had heavyweight Kenny, um, I mean, he's always had a quirky interview style, right? He's always had that kind of anime character cadence to his voice, um. He's 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 done shit like yeah I mean I I can't say specifically yeah on April seventeenth he did this, um, but yeah he's he's kind of maybe I don't know maybe you're seeing it in 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 this context in G one maybe I don't know I I feel like he has though I feel like he has I mean listen the guy had a duct tape match with fucking Yano in a G one right. You remember that, where he duct tapes his feet together and he's hobbling. I love that, match. It was great. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well, you you like that, but you don't like, uh, you know, over-expressionable Kenny? I don't know. It's, uh, it, that's Kenny Omega. Yeah, I see the hypocrisy. I yeah. mean, but that's that's Kenny. But that's, here's the thing. That's not for me either, right? Like, when I see that, I'm just like, Ugh. But I get why he, he does it, and I get why he um, – that appeals to people. I mean, I'm not going to be like, don't fucking do that. Like, he's not going to get a folly reaction from me. It's, it's it's more of, eh, I prefer, you know, even serious Kenny, you know, in, in, in you know, you take that hour draw at Dominion. Trust me, he's doing that over-expression, again, I hate to use the term anime face, but, yeah, he sells like a fucking anime character. He sells sometimes like a, like a fucking video game character. Um, and that's not for everybody. But I, I can I can hand wave that and I can kind of move that aside if if I get outputs like like you get all the time with him you know like I'll take the 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 forty minute fantastic fucking match um, knowing full well that I'm going to get some some over expression that might not necessarily be for me that's not going to kill me that's that I'm not going to die on that hill for Kenny Omega. What do you think of his promos? Uh, again, it's a weird cadence that he has. It's it's and that 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 again, normal human beings. It doesn't feel like people normally talk like that. Um, maybe he does. Maybe that's the. It doesn't seem like it because I hear him on uh, other interviews, like I'll, like when he's on Dave's show or or something like that. Like I'll hear him talk in a, you know, not like that. So, um, I think he caters to certain wrestling fans um it's not like i'll take juice any day of the week but but here's the thing like i think some of his promos do get honest and they do get um heartfelt it's just more of yeah it just seems like he's he's overacting right and and that might seem forced and that might seem like you're not a huge real who talks like that? But then again, you know, does Tama Tonga always have to go, and the rock? you know what I mean? Like, just, come on, just talk in a normal voice. Um, and look, it's pro wrestling. We're, we're arguing about people talking in pro wrestling, so no big deal. Well, there is a, a quite a few people I've noticed saying that they think 
Kenny's got worse recently. Some people are saying he's overexposed yeah, and outside of the ring issues affect... Or maybe it's outside of the ring issues affecting people's enjoyments of him in ring. Some people are saying he's got too much creative freedom. There's problems with the match layout. What do you say to all of that? Look, he's... He, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, sometimes I think people just see somebody at the top and they need to criticize. I, I, that I really feel like there is a part of of people like the the way the world is, and I'm sorry to sound like grandpa here, but it, it seems like some you know the minute somebody like nobody was was I can't say nobody was saying that, but the percentage of people that said that in Kenny Omega's chase and build up for winning the title was significantly less probably than now. Now that he's on top of the world. Um, I think those voices tend to get louder. So um, while I always feel like people had a critique of Kenny Omega and, and may have said those things, those voices seem to get amplified when somebody's on top. So, um, no, I don't have a problem with that yet. Now, again, is the Bullet Club stuff for me? The whole feud? Well, eh, not really. It's not for me. Not everything has to be uh, – I know this is a shocking statement. And it, not everything has to be about me. Not everything has to be about me, so I can I I don't have a problem as long as I get you know we're complaining. Look at the output the motherfucker has. The guy's got you know arguably three five star matches, right? Um, nah, I'm okay. He can he he's he's doing fine for me. Uh, these are to me these are minor critiques and nitpicks in an overall body of work that to me is wrestler of the year worthy. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm a big Kenny fan. I was sitting there in my Kenny Omega T-shirt in Osaka Joe Hall, cheering him on like a like a lunatic. So, um, how would you rate his title run so far? Um, Is it in terms of in ring and how he's conducted himself out of the ring? Uh, um, in ring, I mean, again, we're talking about a G1 where the guys had multiple five star matches. Um, I, I have I have no complaints over over that. Um, he hasn't had a, a title defense yet, correct? I mean, so I mean, there's nothing. There was the Cody match, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. TLC match they had at the uh, yeah, yeah, the, the San Francisco, San Francisco, right? And that was fine. That wasn't that wasn't horrible. That was that was good. I'm not the biggest fan of a ladder match because they just seem to be about the shock of the table breaking. Um, but I thought that was fine. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. Um, again, the whole Bullet Club elite. Golden lovers, all that nonsense. Again, I that that kind of wore me out a little bit. Um, I, so in ring, I'm I'm more than fine. I don't think I don't have any problem with, with in ring. Um, what what are we talking about outside the ring? What are we talking about here? Uh, just the issues he's had with the uh, you know the the quote unquote racist. Nah. Comments about Naito and also the the issue at the CEO show nah. with the, the Chase and Ranch situation. I mean, those were there was again those were unfortunate situations. He again he doesn't know the name of everybody. You know, I I don't know. It, it's those were situations, and I'm not making excuses for the guy, but you know they were. I, I, again, I don't think the, the comments that he made were were in any way racist. I really don't. Yeah, agree. I, I don't. Um, I, I and, and and again, I think that he trusted uh, uh, that he again the one thing that he didn't touch um, 
was a fuck up. I guarantee you when he checked his mentions and his Twitter that he saw his phone lighting up and like, ah, oh, what the fuck? And I'm sure like the next thing that happened was a text message being like, asshole, what the fuck? Right? Um, I'm, uh, he didn't do it intentionally. He wasn't like, let me slide a pedophile in here and no one will notice. And <laughs> we'll all laugh together. And that didn't happen. Right? Um, it it was a a misjudgment and a misstep that he's not going to make that mistake again. Um, trust me, he. It's not like that would slip by anybody. It hasn't. People picked up on it instantly. Why would he do it intentionally? He. Nobody wants that headache in their life to do that intentionally. He. It was a. It was a misstep. It, and now, should it happen again? Now, if he. Let's put it this way. Have outrage and have lose your fucking shit. If he does it again, right? If he does it again, then that's when you lose your shit. But he fucked up. He absolutely fucked up. People fuck up. He fucked up. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, leave uh, Duncan on Kenny to one side. I, I definitely think you're right. It's just something Joe Lanza spoke about before. Like uh, when someone is on top, people like to dunk. Yes. And it's something that he was saying went on with Tanahashi when he was champion. People were saying that he was too pretty and they didn't like his style of matches and they're the same for Ricardo. People are saying that he's boring and all his matches are the same or yep. whatever. So it's just pe- people do that when you've got that big gold belt. Yep, 100% agree. And 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 I I, I feel the same way. I mean, that's what anybody. All right, kids, strap in. It's another Damon Music segment. Oh, this cool band. I mean, look at it. I mean, again, I'm, and whether you like them or you don't like them, it doesn't matter to me, but I'm just going to give an example. Radiohead, right? I mean, listen, growing up, Radiohead could do no fucking wrong. And, you know, to me, some of that is just blippity bloppity bloop, bloop, bloop music, and that doesn't do anything for me. That being said, I think the Benz is one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, but, you know, when they're, when they're underground and the cool band, right? Oh, yeah, I love the Radiohead. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but that's my cool guy voice. Um, you know they they're they're so avant garde. Oh, they're so creative. And they 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 push the boundaries. And then when they're selling out Madison Square Garden, oh fuck Radiohead, man, they're not cool. All right, we get it. You know, there's plenty of that. And there's trust me, there's there's that. I'm Joel. You're a big video game guy, right? Yeah, I'm sure you can point your finger to many examples. Maybe many, a few. I don't know. In that genre, in that field, in that whatever that. Oh, this was the cool thing, and now it's oh, now it got popular and cool, and now it's finger point wag, right? Dark Souls. Okay, there you go. Um, movies the same, actors the same, music the same. Uh, you know, who, whoever, right? It's it's everywhere, right? Actors, actresses, whatever. People love to once, you know, you know. I believe it was Love and Rockets who said, "When you're down, it's a long way up." When you're up, it's a long way down. Thank you. All right, let's move on. Okay, so let's go back to Friday, July 27th to night nine of the G1 Climax, which was back to the A block in Shizuoka. So we opened this one up with a match between Minoru Suzuki, who defeated Michael Elgin in 14 minutes with a Gotch-style power driver. So your thoughts on this, please? Much better than previous Elgin and Suzuki matches. That's for fucking sure. Right? I think everyone can agree with that. Um, and I know... I don't know, but uh, I can safely assume that um, 
Mike was kind of looking to erase that from everyone's memory, the, the, those matches. Um, so uh, this was good. And again, I think Elgin is the MVP of A and uh, had a decent performance. I'm looking at my notes, but I'm trying to even remember spots because it feels like it was four months ago, this show. <laughs> um, but uh, I would... I, I have written down three and a half. Um, so what does that tell you? Um, it does seem like ages ago. I like really maybe maybe you can help me reco- reco- recommend recollect some spots because of my uh, old age. I seem to forget much about this match. This match seemed to revolve around Suzuki working on Arm. Elgin's bicep. Okay. And what stood out there was a a bit of a tiger driver botch, but that was covered very well by Kevin Kelly on commentary who said it was down to the bicep injury. So again, this is just my thing. I keep beating the same drum, a bit of inconsistent selling, lots of brawling, some interesting stuff sprinkled in there. Really good closing stretch. Again, I said before this very sort of fluids reversal thing that Suzuki's got going on where the got style power driver almost comes out of nowhere. And he also got in one of his drop kicks. Now, Minoru Suzuki, Best drop kick in pro wrestling. Agree or disagree? Suzuki best. I, I will say that I will say not the best, but I will say this about his drop kick. It feels like it's the most does the most damage. Does that make sense? Yeah, when he does it, he's trying to take your head off. Right. Where it's not about the grace, it's about the I'm going to stick my foot in your fucking mouth and I'm going to do it in a jumping fashion. Um, it reminds me of, you know, there were many years, you know, it's, you know, wrestling arguments and wrestling community disagreements weren't invented five years ago, right? Like squared circle did not corner the market on wrestling arguments. It's just the medium in which they decide, you know, that everyone has decided to do this. Uh, back in the day, there was always this bit of, uh, discussion. That would be like a like I said a, a thread on Squared Circle uh, or the NJPW board or wherever um, of high flyers and what that meant, right? So there were some people on the fence, uh, one side of the fence, where it was the the graceful flyers, the, the 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 lucha libre style. So you know, you're whoever was popular at the time in the in the late eighties, early eighties, um, mid eighties. You know, Atlantis or um, I don't I don't kind of fucking tell you uh, psychosis or even Rey Mysterio or, and people before that. So that was high flying. Right. But then there was the other side of the fence where it was flying to inflict damage. And, you know, you would look in the Wrestling Observer Awards. Right. If you go through the old awards and you would look at high flyers and people who not only won, but like were in the running, like you would see a name like Bobby Eaton. Right, and Bobby wasn't like a great high flyer in the sense of a Rey Mysterio or a Psychosis or you know or um, you know the, the cut from that cloth um, or you know Ultimo Dragon or whatever. Um, it was more of flying to inflict damage, and that's what Suzuki reminds me of. If he's taken to the air, it's going to fucking hurt. It's not going to be graceful. It's about kicking your teeth down your throat. And that's where the kind of the Bobby Eaton thing where he would be in 
you know, the mix of high flying wrestling and, you know, he would do the leg drop off the top rope, which would be just devastating. Somebody with an ass like that coming down, Jesus Christ, you're gonna do some damage. And he did. So just a little side little little historic Damon for you there. One thing I really enjoyed before this match was uh, Suzuki's pre-match promos where he was calling Elgin a pig bastard and he was going to jam his neck even lower down than it already was. And then he said to the cameramen that they weren't allowed to stand on eye level with him and they'd have to get on their knees to film him. So you know, people have asked before about what we think of New Japan promo work. I think Suzuki's one of the best interviews out there. Yeah, I do too. And... and uh... It's just a fun fact. I sent you that uh, little video. Did you see that video? The little uh, newsreel thing? A minute. Where we gave him the money. We gave him the uh, Takayama fund. Um, so he's promoting a show uh, for Takayama. And um, I'm, in, I'm in a little little video package. I was there. Um, maybe I'll send it to you again if you don't have it. And maybe you can tweet it out to our listeners. It's very nice. All right. Very good. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, okay. So next match, we had the... King of Darkness, Evil, defeating Hangman Page with the Evil in 15 minutes and 40 seconds. Now, the problem I got with my notes for a lot of these matches for this show is that everything was just kind of okay. Mm -hmm. It was all fine. It was all sort of three stars, nothing great, nothing bad. It was just kind of there. So I don't have a great deal to say about this match. What were your takes on it? You you nailed it. Like, somebody... Had had made mention and and texted me or you know, hit me up somewhere and was like I you know I, I'm catching up um, on shows what what do I need to watch and I was like I you know this match if you if you if you're pressed for time and you know you need to skip stuff catch the B stuff this A show was probably I don't want to say the, again if I have to, I'm not saying it was bad but if I have to to say which one is skippable and you know this is a skippable to me this is a skippable show. Um, yeah, everything was three stars. Like, I don't really have anything that, that, that scraped four and a half or anything like that. Um, somebody, somebody described it as like the telling stories block, right? You know, whereas the B block is the, the, the working block and the match block. Um, I don't know if I would go so far as, as to say that, that you're not going to get good matches. Um, this show was was okay and you're going to get those that's 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 going to happen not everything's going to be tremendous this this was the show this was the this was the three-star show yeah uh i said on twitter this is a show that i sort of had on in the background while i was making my soft-boiled eggs with toast soldiers in the morning where you know i'm not putting everything to one side to concentrate on it 100 it's just it's kind of in the background i'm watching it i'm enjoying it but it's not worth 100 percent of my attention so uh sorry evil and page i don't really have anything to, to say about your match i'm afraid right. um next match we had i do, we do have some stuff to say about this uh bad luck farley defeating switchblade jy in 11 minutes after a bad luck fall so of course the most notable thing about this match is the fact that we saw our good friend fraser getting flipped off there as you mentioned earlier on in the show uh so i'm i said on twitter i applaud anyone who's going to g1 shows if he offers you a two sweet don't take the bait because he's going to flip you off so you flip him off first and then you'll go into gif history mm. you'll be a legend so there, there you go a bit of advice for you um now i thought they were uh going to do something interesting here uh 
Oh no, sorry, I'm thinking about a different match there. But I did. What I liked about this was Jay White running away laughing after taking out Tangaloa. That was kind of fun. Uh, but the crowd were pretty dead for this. Uh, I was dead for this. It was just a, an event horizon of boring interference shit from both parties. Really, I kind of like White becoming the de facto babyface and trying to out shit house them because the numbers are against him. But that stopped after about five seconds, and the commentary got wiped out and. The fact that the commentary wasn't there seemed to shine a light on how shitty and boring this match was. Yep. It for me, it, it's it's up there with the Makabe Fale match with the worst matches for the tournament. And it was kind of interesting that Jay White didn't get any help from Yo or Rocky who were on commentary. But aside from that, it was just a big fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right though. When that commentary went out, you're kind of hoping. You know, it, it does speak volumes as to the value of how, you know, a, a true professional commentary team can help elevate slow moments or 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 or, or moments in a match where they they need the help, and it did expose it. Then it? it really did, and it, and I went into this match thinking, all right, I know this is going to be like bullshit versus bullshit, right? The, the everything that I didn't like about G one. It's going to be in one match. So if you're going to do it, do it and do it well, right? You just fucking make it nonsense complete, right? Um, and it was. It was. Um, yeah. Uh, if, if, if again, if we're ranking matches overall, this would probably be in, in the bottom of the pile for me. The bottom of the bin. It's... It, yeah, you know it's Fale, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bang on Fale anymore. Um, Jay White, I think, can have the have the matches. I think we saw it, you know, as we talked about earlier, that the matches there are, are you know, with him or there. Um, the character work is a much more interesting character than 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 a Fale to me. Um, and even though I'm not 100 percent on board, um, fine. But it's still a much more interesting character. Um, Look, I'm sure there's somebody that's going to tweet us and give us the, the you know the silver lining and all this and where this was good that we're missing and how we aren't fans of New Japan because we can't fucking follow along or what. I, I'm hand waving it. I'm fucking hand waving it. If you've got the patience for this to sit through this, God bless you. You got more time than I do. I, me, yeah. Um, um. This this was kind of the beginning of the end for me. Because we're like the the acceptance stage, you know, the five stages of grief. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, this, but this was the beginning. This was the beginning of the end, where it was like, okay, if uh, trust me, I'm I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. If if I didn't do this show, I wouldn't watch this. <laughs> right? That's 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 the best I could say. If I didn't have to do a podcast, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. It just would have been a, an instant fast forward. So there you go. Okay, next match we had Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Togi Makabe with a high five flow in 12 minutes. This, again, was just a big old bowl of okay. Mm-hmm. It was a house show match. I Again, three stars. Nothing more to say about this. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we're pretty we're pretty famous for as as we get later in, in our shows, our energy level goes down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's not saying that this was horrible right that it was just it was i don't know if i would go so far as to say it was a house show match but it was 
and it certainly wasn't a night off. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say that. But, um, yeah. I mean, it was. It's. I'd rather something really shit the bed because then it feels like you have more to comment on, right? You know what I mean? Like I'd either either. Yeah, we got nothing. Right, here. right. I feel like like literally we got nothing. The the, the no takes. No, we got no takes. And and I almost want to hear other people's opinions of this because what what do you what do you take from this? Like like after a match like this, what do you what do you walk away with? What do you what do you? Because I I had nothing. It was there. It was it was it was it was a match to kind of take you from point to, to get through a, a show. Um, I, 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 and I, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what other people might have because I have nothing, and I do a podcast on this. So, okay, uh, moving on to the main event, then we got Kazuchika Okada defeating Yoshihashi in 90 minutes after Rainmaker. This was better. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this match a lot. I thought this was really good. Um, just one complaint: it's a shame Okada stopped whacking Rocky on the head with a balloon because I was enjoying that. But I saw Chico El Luchador intervene on Rocky's behalf to put a stop to that. Uh, so, yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I like getting the call back to the Wrestle Kingdom 6, the shit Rainmaker, the, the clothesline where he sort of lands on the floor as well and it looks awful. Um, I love Yoshihashi hitting the lariat counter when he was pulled back for the Rainmaker again. It, a really good closing stretch. Yoshihashi's got terrific, fiery, underdog babyface comebacks, but, you know, that's where the appeal of him starts and ends, really. Um, again, it was really cool when he slapped him for the Rainmaker and maybe it just looks like we got serious Okada back. Um, but again, this was a good match, and I thought Yoshihashi got more out of this than Okada did. Yeah, he's uh, Yoshihashi is is definitely on my short lists of surprises for G One and and performance wise of G One. Um, look, you know, to me, he's if if you're ranking competitors in in Block A, he's got to be near the top, right? For yep. for performances, right? And and I think that is you know. Again, everybody talks about the sexiness of Block B, but you know, Yoshihashi's got to be up there in in a in a uh, block that has Tanahashi and Okada and Jay White and Fale and you know Makabe and you know there are names in that in that block, and it might not be as sexy as Block B, but you know we're talking about Yoshihashi being uh, at the at the uh, upper end of the names that are there. Um, yeah, I like this. I, I here's the thing too. I I do like the idea of interfaction matches when, especially when they're competitive and they're done well, right? Um, nothing, nothing, I, not, nothing makes me hand wave more than an an infaction match where the competitors like just do dumb. Like again, I hate to be the guy banging on Bullet Club, but I'm gonna be the guy banging on Bullet Club. You would always see that, like with Fale against. Uh, AJ Styles or something, right? Or where um, you know, they're they're it's somebody's take the fall and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to take the fall." No, you're going to take the fall. And then they lie down, kick out a two and then they start brawling and okay. Um, just have a match. Um, and that's what we uh, saw here. Yoshiashi performing well again. Okada in there. You're going to have a good match, but um Put, put Yoshihashi at the top of the list. Not the very top, but up at the top of, of performances so far in G1. Yeah, so aside from the main event, it was probably one of the weaker shows overall. Yeah. Just, just background entertainment for me. Yeah, I would I would say, like I said, if, you, if, if you're binge watching, 
and you got to catch up um, block A this night. Was it nine? It's probably the one you're going to skip. And let's move on to night eight, oh. which took place on Thursday, July 26th in Niigata. Uh, so we started off in B block with Hiroki Goto defeating Toriyano after a GTR in only two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you take make on this? It makes sense, right? Um, and and again, they kept playing up. The, see, I like nobody wants to, to see eight, 10, 12 minutes consistently. There has to be that element of surprise in a tournament like this because, again, you're kind of the, then the near falls don't mean anything, and and the surprises that that happen aren't as impactful. So yeah, um, they did play that up. That you know, Godo then has uh, I don't know if if an easier run is is the word I'm looking for, but it, you know it's it's a it's a, a a real advantageous situation for him because he gets a quick win. Next night he's in a tag, and then he can really rest up and, and go forward. So um, I mean, it was a you know two three minute match. It was it was it was a sprinty kind of thing, typical Yano affair. Um, again, inner inner faction that I like. Um, but yeah, two minutes is kind of hard to, to to throw snowflakes at a two minute match. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It was short. It was fun. Again, it's classic Yano's back, but Goto just blew through him. No messing around. Just Goto saying, no, this is not the time for your shenanigans, Yano. I want to win this G1. And I like that. It was good. Yep. So n- next match then, we got uh, uh, Tetsuya Naito defeated Tamatonga in 10 minutes after Destino. So we had Tamatonga and Tangelo coming out doing the fist cocking things to uh, make fun of Roman Reigns because they've been going back and forth on Twitter. But I'm sure... They're all in on it together because you know I've seen them exchanging complimentary words about each other in the past. So it's just a work, guys. <laughs> so uh, I thought they were going to do. So I thought they were going to do something very clever in this match and have Tangaloa be ringside, but not actually interfere in the match at all. I thought that would be a nice twist on what they've been doing so far. But then they just didn't do that, and he just interfered anyway. But I did laugh when Tangaloa teased that he was going to go away and then he's just changed his mind and came running back anyway i thought that was quite funny um i liked uh when tamatonga did his corner sweep reversal when naito did his usual spot there and this is supposedly when you're wrestling tamatonga for a lot of the guys it's been the, the quite unquote the night off where you can kind of take it easy but someone forgot to tell tetsu naito because he was bumping like a motherfucker he's taking bumps on the ramp for tanga fucking lower <laughs> so don't come at me with those shitty naito's lazy takes because they're bullshit he, he got turned inside out from a tanga lower lariat so th- this guy is just going above and beyond the call of duty to make somebody look good who probably doesn't deserve it but uh, I would say in this match, at least the run-ins um, built up something. There was a bit of stuff going on between Evil and Farley. It gave some shine to Bushi, who might otherwise be forgotten throughout the G1. And I like to see the faction mates sticking up for each other. So I did like something that. we saw. Yeah, yeah, uh, something we saw in the Naito against Taichi match earlier in the year, which I loved. I always love to see Naito out rudoing his opponents when he does that. Uh, when he does that pop-up ball shot. So this match was a lot of fun. Um, so. Maybe, just playing devil's advocate, maybe you need the horrible DQ finishes to enjoy the finishes like this when the guy that you're cheering for actually overcomes the odds to win. Because I like this match. What did you think? I did too. And, 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 you know, I know we're working our way backwards, but this was one of those moments where I, I was almost turning the corner on all this for exactly what you just mentioned. 
you know, if 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 this is a vehicle to overcome for people to overcome the bullshit, then maybe there is a silver lining in that and and, and a payoff at the end. Um, yeah, I did like the the it, it, because it makes sense for Lij and Bullet Club to do this because they've always done this. There's always been that that faction feud. Um, so to have the interference and then, and then to have other people run in and, you know, from what we understand, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Frazier had, had even mentioned, um, in our, in our interview that if you haven't listened to, make sure you do, uh, you know, Bushi coming out and, and spraying the mist, um, you know, where it looked like he, you know, it was such a, 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 a size difference that Bushi was going to get squashed. Um, and he was able to blow the mist and, and, and take care of that. So people enjoyed that apparently from an in, in-house point of view. So, you know, who am I to, to hand wave? But even, even that being said, and, and again, maybe that is a, a matter of Naito being the star of the match um, and making uh, Tama Tonga look better than, than, you know, I don't want to say than he is, but, you know, really making, put, making sure that Tama Tonga looked strong uh, I enjoyed this match. Maybe, maybe I, you know, the, the the Zach match. But if I got to rank Tamatanga matches, this one might might be at the top of the list. Yeah, agree. It was one that I definitely enjoyed, probably the most out of all the matches he's had so far. Um, let's move on to the next one. Then we had Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 14 minutes after an armbar. So what did you make of this? I liked this a lot. I really did. Um, once again, I mean, we, we sat here and we... <laughs> I mean, it was what, probably one of the more passionate moments of this show's history. Uh, he's great. Uh, and Zach is great. And you, you put those two together and, and, and great things are going to happen. Um I I I it wasn't in in the uh Ibushi category, right? I wouldn't put it in 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 that rare air. But I really enjoyed this match and I thought it was a smart match too in the sense that uh you know it, it, Zach had to find a way to get around the just the pure strength brutality boneheadedness whatever it is of Ishii. Um and 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 was able to find a way and the fact that he made him tap out was even more significant because the entire and, and it, it was with the uh, what was that the, what, I don't even I, I don't even know what he calls half his moves to be honest with you but it was like the arm bar thing right right yeah that's what it's listed on the website as arm bar okay good <laughs> then, then that's that I don't have to worry about commandeering with you know Metallica's mother I don't know <laughs> the uh, tap out was significant. Right, because again, Ishii, the whole thing with him is that he's, you know, he'll pass out, he'll black out, ref stoppage, but he ain't going to tap. He tapped, and I think that's that's a significant moment right there. Yeah, totally agree. I think this made Zach look like a star here, and I enjoyed Zach baiting Ishii into doing his chops by pie facing him. Because when he starts doing that, I think, oh, Zach, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense because you're just going to get battered. But then what he does, he'll eat a few chops, but then he'll counter when Ishii gets confident. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very smart strategy from Zach. Again, this is a great match. I love the finish. I love both of these guys. 
you never powerbomb out of a submission. That's the golden rule. And I don't know if this is the first time Ishii's tapped. It's the first time I can remember him tapping. And I love that he did it straight away. Yep. It wasn't like a sort of WWE style prolonged like, oh, am I going to tap? Yes, no, I'm not going to do right. it. Oh, can I get to the ropes? Oh, I can't make the ropes. It was just like, fuck, he's going to break my arm. And he tapped out straight away. It was like MMA, which is what happens then. So uh, Zach also won the New Japan Cup in this venue, I believe. So everyone was trying, you just tap out. And I want to give Zach some credit here because he is doing a really great job in this G1 of having different types of matches. He's had a bit of a brawl in this match. He had the straight wrestling match with Sanada. So he's definitely mixing up. Whereas last year in the G1, I felt that he was just having... Zack Sabre Jr. style matches, if you get me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that point. Absolutely. Let me ask you this with uh, when it comes to the Zack. I mean, there's not a guy on that roster that he hasn't beaten, right? And, and made tap out, right? You can go through the Mount Rushmore of, of modern day, current New Japan, all the way down. Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... He hasn't he hasn't tapped him out. Okay. There's, there, there's one that we're building to, right? And that that's... Does he feel, and I can't wait for that, man. That's that's right around the corner, August 1st, right? That, that's going to be great. Um, does Zach feel like a top player to you? No, he doesn't. To me, he's just under that level. He's sort of like the, the A minus, the B plus level, just because he doesn't have the history of being consistently in main events and title matches. He's had the one shot... But to get on that level with guys like you know, Omega, Tanahashi, Naito, Okada, I think you need to do that consistently. He needs a title. And I think he just, not the title necessarily, but more main events and more title shots, if you get me. Yeah. I mean, you. He's had the one. He's had one at Sakura Genesis, mm-hmm. and he looked, he looked the part then. He looked like he belonged then, and then he called off, obviously. You know, it makes sense because of the way that the New Japan scheduling works and now he's been built back up in the G1. But let's be fair, he's he's been around for just over a year, year and a half now. So I don't think we can demand too much too soon. I think given time, maybe another year, another year and a half, then it seems that they are investing in him to be elevated to that level. He, there is an investment there. But if you think about all the guys that he has beaten and, and I guess make a correlation to any other promotion on God's green earth, that's, he would be a bona fide number one, number two guy in the promotion, right? Like, like the run that Zach has had is, you know, it, it, it completely trumps anything that Suzuki has done. But like when you look at the output of of wins that Zach has had over named opponents, right? And yet he is it to me feels like a, even a number 2 guy behind Suzuki. And again, maybe that's an uh, a, a a a body of work that Suzuki has earned, right? But it just seems like he's not really at the level, but which is odd to me because of all the massive wins and big name marquee names that he's defeated. Now, again, the Okada one was not necessarily in a New Japan ring, right? So maybe, maybe we take that one off the table. But um, even with that said, it's, it is pretty fucking impressive. And, and 
yeah, maybe it's a title run. Maybe it's matches. Maybe it's just consistently being that, on that level. But to beat the amount of people that he has beaten in such a short amount of time, if you put that in any other promotion, that guy would be second or third from the top. Yeah, maybe even being in a G1 final would help to elevate him to look like he belongs in that pantheon of stars. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we say. All right, there you go. But I just thought that, you know, I was like, man, he just, he has really mowed through just about everybody except, you know, Omega. And, uh, which again, might be telling, but, uh, I just don't see him as being one of those top guys. And again, it might just be longevity and body work. All right, let's move on. All right, so we had Kenny Omega defeating Juice Robinson in 15 minutes after a one-winged angel. Uh, I liked Juice apologizing to Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero <laughs> during the uh, the barricade spots there. And I also liked him shouting out to them, move your asses, I'm oh and fucking 3 To me, the way Juice does his promos, he's almost like bipolar because he's sort of manic in one moment and then the next he's depressed and full of self-doubt which is you know it's very endearing to me there's something draws me towards that and this match they just worked at an incredible pace there was a nice symmetry to the u.s title match last year with a moral dilemma should i attack the weak body part because back in that u.s title match juice was debating whether or not to go for kenny's injured knee and he did in the end and here kenny's not sure if he should go after juice's injured hand but he, he does in the end although slight complaint i'm not sure why he decided to kick juice's hand because it's not as if kenny was in trouble of losing the match at any point he just sort of decided ah fuck it i'm gonna kick his hand um it was a nice callback to the Jay White finish where Juice used the same roll-up manoeuvre and nearly caught Kenny Omega. Again, more silly faces, but yeah, that, okay, that's just what Kenny does and Juice went 0-4 in this match, but of course he's got his win back since then. Uh, it seemed like the crowd weren't really into this one, so it was, it was strangely quiet for this, uh, but the promo that Juice did afterwards was fantastic. Yeah, we talked about it before, I mean, the thumb up your ass playing tiddlywinks. Best promo in wrestling for me. And a really good match. Yep. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, again, I don't know if necessarily this is going to be on your best of Kenny Omega. It might be on your best of Juice um, DVD compilation. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they they worked a match that was very – I want to go so far as to say callback spots to even their, their match previous where G1 match where, where Juice got the win. Uh, there was some 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 tips of the cap to that, and even um, you know most. I I want I want to say like I'm I'm thinking this out in my head, mind you. Uh, that's why I'm stammering like a fool. Uh, it felt uh, what uh, I don't want to say it felt like an American style pro wrestling match, but it did feel a little bit like an American style pro wrestling match. Um, Juice, again, has become one of my favorite in-ring guys and out-of-ring guys. Um, I I actually had this as... Did I have this as a Kenny loss? No, I didn't have this as a Kenny loss. I had this as a Kenny win. Um, so there wasn't really much of an element of surprise for me because I in my prediction. So um, good match. I wouldn't say it was great, but a, a solid match. Did you go fours on this? I went high threes. Uh, I think I went three and three quarters. Yeah, yeah, I, I just missed the four, so we were on the same page with this. Um, yeah, 
good. I mean, it, it feels like it was literally months ago. And, and again, looking at my notes and trying to, to really remember the, the best bots. I don't like taking – and here's a little behind-the-curtain thing. Like, especially for stuff that's 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 on the vine a little bit, that you know, shows that have had some age to it. I don't necessarily like to go with what my notes say because I like to kind of take – and, and for most of the show reviews, it's more of what do I remember? What feelings do I have during the match? What what do I take away? And I can go back and be like, oh, yeah, um, you know, Naito Omega. I can remember certain things and, th- and stuff that's going to stick with me. And I feel like, you know, I do that as we go along in the tournament as opposed to, oh, write notes down and go with the notes that are written down. It's more of the feeling of the match. I, I'll give you the star. and But if things don't stick with me, things aren't going to stick with me and and, and – I don't feel like they have significance in to me to communicate to you listeners when when it comes to that. So it, it it's stuff's got to stick with me, and if it doesn't, then you know it's hard for me to kind of give you a hot take on stuff. Okay, so let's move on to the main event. Then we had Sonata defeating Kota Ibushi in 22 minutes with a rounding body press. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts on this match? Great. Please? I thought this was. I mean. We talked about MVPs, and, and, and a sneaky one might be Sonata, right? He's in a tough block to, to, to have, right? Um, didn't Frazier mention that that, that that was his MVP, right? Um, I can't remember, did he? Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember him. It's, we're starting to blur out. We're starting to black out. Everything's becoming the same. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. he had made mention that you know he, he, he thought he was, you know, one of those subtle MVP type guys. I mean, he was saying that, you know, you know, recency bias and all that stuff, but, um, I, I, great performance. And again, uh, post-match, this was Sonata's first post-match interview, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, highlight there. Two great workers, two, the, look, the, the good news is, is that the body of work is just beginning for both of them. Yet, both of them have a career and, 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 and a body of work underneath them um, that is pretty amazing. Um, now they're, they're they're both not spring chickens, mind you. They're not like you know we're talking about young lions. They they both have some age, but you still think that there are there's plenty more left in the tank with both these guys. Um, and again, I really think that Abushi is, and uh, well, they keep mentioning it on commentary. They keep mentioning it as as the shows go on of Abushi and Omega uh, <laughs> being a significant thing. Um, I, th- I think that, I, I don't think Kenny Omega goes over, or excuse me, goes, uh, undefeated, should I say. I think he takes a loss. I wouldn't be surprised if Zach is the loss. Um, a bo- it, the points will even out and that Budokan Hall show will be, uh, very significant when it comes to Ibushi and, uh, Omega for sure. I just hope and pray. And I don't think that they would do this. Give me, give me a percentage, a, a gut feeling right now, um, Joel, will there be any Bullet Club nonsense shenanigans going on in this match to cost anyone this match, or are we going straight by the book here? Wait, which match are we talking about again? Abushi Omega. Are we going to see Bullet Club fuck with a finish? Oh, that would be awful. I don't think they would do that in the main event at Budokan Hall. I mean, I'm going to say no. I, I'm going to. I'm going to say. No, give me a give me a percentage of it happening. Ten percent. All right, 
Right. It gives me a little confidence. I I would hope that they wouldn't do that. They they can't do that. They they, they there's no that there would be a riot. Honestly, there would be a riot. They would never be able to run Budokan Hall again. <laughs> they just got back. Don't fuck it up, please. Oh my god! Imagine if they did that. Holy shit! All right, fingers crossed. All right, so we're past the halfway point. What is your prediction for the finals? Are you sticking with your original pick? Uh, so who wins either block and who wins at the final? I have Okada Ibushi um, in the finals of G1. I might change that to, ha- to, to, to Tanahashi. Um, so a Tanahashi Ibushi. I mean, I can't change it now. So it, it's in. I went with Okada Ibushi with Ibushi winning. And we'll see Ibushi and Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but that could very well be Tanahashi. But no, I'll stick. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, listen, the, the, I think the blocks are kind of coming out that way. Um, so I know uh, Bushi and, and Omega will be neck and neck, and I know Tanahashi and Okada will be neck and neck and block A. So um, again, my, my I just had this real fucking weird feeling that, something significant is going to happen in that match. And all this interference is building for a real thin ice moment in that G1 final. I I beg of them, even if they're remotely considering it, please don't. Um, That's not going to be a good thing. That's not going to be good heat. So uh, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. We get a solid match. But yes, Okada, Ibushi final, Ibushi winning. How about you? A couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a week ago, I convinced myself that Tanahashi's winning the G1 and we're getting a Wrestle Kingdom main event of Omega against Tanahashi because it's a strangely protected match that we haven't seen very often. I think it was since they had an intercontinental title match. I think it's back in 2016, maybe. So I thought that would be a nice story for Tanahashi having one last crack at the gold on the biggest stage. So... I'm going to go with that. I think Tanahashi's winning A block and I think he's winning the G1 outright. I don't know who he beats in the final. It could be Ibushi or Naito or Zack Sabre Jr. Because there'd be a bit of nice symmetry there if he gets his win back in from the New Japan Cup final over Zack. Again, he's got history with Naito and Ibushi would be... Uh, they've got a bit of history as well, didn't they? have some battles over the Intercontinental title at... Uh, was it Power Struggle last year or, or Destruction? or I can't remember. King of Pro Wrestling, maybe. I don't know. All those matches sort of blend into one for me. So, gun to my head, I would say Tanahashi beats Ibushi in the G1 final. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. How do you, how do you think how do you think a new fan would react to that? They probably wouldn't get it. Yeah. I think to love Tanahashi or be invested in him you need to know the backstory with him yeah do you think that's going to go over well not with the new fans with a Japanese crowd yes and let's see now you're making me doubt myself because I do think they've got one eye on the international expansion as well and they want to but I don't I think Tanahashi against Omega do you do you think that is a big enough uh main event to get sufficient bodies in the Tokyo Dome. I love Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I, and again, I've been there for the ride with him. So um, for me, it, there might be bias 
but um, he definitely is a name. Now, again, not to, to, to jump back to even what Frazier had mentioned, and I truly believe this, that not only is there a lot of Western fans that are new, right, and who even listen to this show, there are a lot of Japanese fans that are new, right? And they might not all be as familiar with the Hiroshi Tanahashi story and the legendary status of him than other fans. I just I can't see Okada beating him again in that last match at Budokan. I just the way I see it is Okada's on a run. He's getting cocky. He thinks, "Oh, I've beaten Tanahashi already this year, and it was easy. I'm going to breeze past him." And then Tanahashi stuns him and wins the block. That's the way I see it going. And again, maybe I'm just sort of talking myself into it. Well, I mean, I think listen, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's one or the other. I think we're both on the same page, right? I mean, do you do you think it's between? I mean, in in your finals, in your semifinals. Last match, Budokan, you have Okada and Tanahashi, right? Um, and 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 that match is happening. You have that. You I mean you could go either way. It would make sense either way. If if Okada wins, great. You have a, almost a redemption story. If Tanahashi wins, you have a legend that has a possibility to 